follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. and welcome to the four corners podcast i'm shad here with matt and brad guys how are you uh doing good shad i'm doing good i am glad to hear it and i'm glad that you're listening to this episode we're glad uh <clears throat> we hope that you enjoy this we're going to take care of a few shout outs right here at the beginning uh the first one is going to go to collar and elbow the wrestling brand collar and elbow brand.com you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. Our other shout out goes to folks in Eastern Kentucky still need your help rebuilding after the once in a century flood. I'm going to direct you to go through the Apple Shop, A P P A L S H O P dot org. They are going to be able to help get any donations to people that need it. Our other shout out goes over to Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, I, I'm not going to do a funny joke other than just to note that uh, it's it's early 2023, and uh, as far as I know, Orlando is still a free agent. Uh, he might be you know wrestling still in Puerto Rico, but now it's a perfect time to hire uh, Orlando and be the face of your company if you're someone like oh I don't know Billy Corgan <laughs> <laughs> instead of having Tyrus as your champion. <laughs> They've been doing like sit down interviews like and and I haven't had a problem with him doing like sit down like talks with like Austin Idol and Dr. Tom Pritchard. Like I have no problem with that. But dude, like you to fucking put out like wrestling content weekly. Yeah, I just I the NWA even even after like they the the original run ended, they 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 are such wasted potential. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates so, uh... me so much. I just want to throw this out there. I'm, I'm honestly not 100 percent sure when this one's going to go to air, but uh, it um, should be the last week of January. No. Okay. So. Yeah, this should be, this should be, not this week, but next week. Well, fuck, okay. They don't. <clears throat> this should be the last week of January. <clears throat> so. Um, I'm trying to look at a calendar. Just, I'm putting this out there because um, in the aftermath of um, what happened with Jay Briscoe, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to put this out there. I mean, we, we'd gotten some good updates. Um, fellow by the, uh, the name of Josh Wharton, who works for Fightful, talked to Mark Briscoe, who is in as good of um, spirits as, as he can be, um, said that uh, – Right now, um, one of one of Jay's daughters, the one that was not having feeling in her legs, she's doing really well with her uh, her physical therapy, and she's got feeling back. And then the other had um, the NG tube removed, and so she's able to to eat and drink, and she's able to move around a little bit, and they're supporting each other. And um, also, one other couple other things. Um, Jay Briscoe's wife, in an act that, honest to God, should be like a nomination for sainthood, championed a donation page set up for the children of the other driver that crossed the center line and hit them. She's like, you know, they lost their mom too. You know, well, don't. And, and they're the children. <laughs> the children aren't responsible for their mom being like a piece of shit. And she's saying, don't hurt, don't. Nothing about the family. They need support too. You know, yeah. we're gonna. Everyone needs as much support as possible to get through this. Let's not make this anything else. No, like you, um, you should not. You should not. 
like I said, I think I think the other driver is a piece of shit. But you shouldn't. That does not. That does not mean her family bear any responsibility to that. They are not the ones that did that. She did it. Like leave the family and, alone. And the kids, and there are the kids rumors, are blameless. There are rumors about what's going on there that's still under investigation by the state police. So we'll leave that alone. Um, the other nice thing, uh, and, and I know this is going to be, um, this is going to be like well after the fact, but I'm going to be at the uh, the Dynamite show where. Uh, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal have their their memorial match for Jay, and also um, Tony Khan's putting out a. Um, there's going to be the memorial show, Ring of Honor memorial show will be posted, I think both on Honor Club and on YouTube. Um, the remarkable thing is that that uh, that memorial match will be on Dynamite after one skid mark of an executive at Warner Brothers Discovery, one who decided, no, we're not going to have him up there because I don't want him up there. I don't want him on our networks. First of all, Tony Khan said, fine, we'll put his memorial show on YouTube that you don't have any say over. But then second, apparently there was enough pressure from the community and from the fans to get this shit stain to get his head out of his ass and say, uh, okay, you know, um, yeah, we can, you can have your, you know, it, it, it's cool. It's like, yeah. It was it so, was eight years ago, and I feel like they were pretty sincere. In, um, they had been sincere ever since, mm-hmm. and we won't go into it, but there's a, there's a whole stack of reasons why it would be believable for it. Um, and you know, this one, one executive held a grudge and just decided that until I'm guessing enough people, I'm thinking or enough of the right people leaned on them. Yeah. Um, to, I did enjoy the, I did enjoy the, I think Matt Hardy posted it when they were feuding with them and he did this promo where he was weed whacking and Jay Briscoe's response was to just do like a professional level like leading his sidewalk. He never said a word. Yeah. yeah. And like uh, Matt, I I saw that that uh, that joke, <laughs> that that story, and he said Matt like Jeff uh Jeff like as a, like a recreational hobby, like does like landscaping and stuff like that I guess around the, their property. Yeah. And he said that when they saw that video together. He said that Jeff like could not stop laughing. He thought it was like the funniest damn joke that he just <laughs> sent up Matt Hardy by by doing this professional like edging of uh, a lawn and um he was edging his you know, walkway. Yeah. Yes. But perfectly and, yeah, he was doing it perfectly done and, and Jeff just found that so damn funny. You know, you he, know like, you're that was getting You yeah. know you're an old ass man when like you can appreciate the um the edging work. Mm. <laughs> Well, and Matt, it, Matt was doing an intentionally crappy job yeah. too, but mm-hmm. and that was the joke. But. Did you did you watch the? Um, I just said it to you because I think after the Mark Briscoe announcement, just of his great character work, his tips for the summer. Uh, I have not gotten. I, to watch I, it. I I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, those are hilarious because he because it's just him being like, well, no, I don't, I don't use sunscreen. I just get some baby oil and head right, right out into the sun. <laughs> um. But it's just one of those things that I want to encourage everybody, <clears throat> everybody out there. Look, this this is a the other thing that is rumored, and we've only gotten we've only gotten this from one source, but I'm leaning towards it being credible because most made up BS rumors are character assassination as opposed to character affirmation. Was that Tony Khan's taking care of the taking care of that family? Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and, that was that was something that kind of came out today too. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of quietly been like helping out the family. Yeah. Um, which I imagine that I don't know what that entails. It could just be like he's going to continue honoring like Jay's contract maybe. Uh, but certainly, you know, whatever royalties or, or proceeds in that future, I'm sure will go to his family. I mean, it it wouldn't be anything for Tony Khan. I'm speculating when I say this, but it wouldn't be anything if he was just like, send me your medical bills. Don't worry about it. And because he's done that before, like that's the other thing. The other reason that I I give it credibility is 
that's what he did for Brody's family. Well, he's still mm-hmm. doing stuff like, for Brody's family. I mean, yeah. she has a job, and I mean, um, Negative One still shows up when they're in doing darks in Orlando around like where he mm-hmm. lives. Negative One, I think Negative One has that um, <clears throat> potential contract sitting waiting for him too, if he wants it. Well, if you, if the, you watch, if you watch high school thing, if you watch Dark, he's almost always on Dark if the Dark Order's there. So. Because there know, was there was a match where they were like I don't remember who the other manager was and he, oh I think I think um I think Excalibur asked Taz who he'd rather work for QT Marshall or Negative One and he's like he's like I don't know Negative One's too mean for my tastes <laughs> but just to put this out there you know if you want to support that those these families it is uh, an unquestionably good thing to do. You know, they're in a tough place. There's enough. There's enough about the whole situation that just wants me to break down in tears. And, you know, the least of which was just Eddie Kingston, the picture of Eddie Kingston from the memorial show. So if you feel so moved to to support them, um, Pro Wrestling Tees is also making a Jay Briscoe shirt. The proceeds go into the family. So. I, I couldn't let I, – I know this this is going to be coming out later than a lot of other people's stuff is, but I, I in good conscience, I couldn't let this go by without at least trying to champion for them a little bit. Yeah, we're But gonna, that's not the focus of the night. We, we're going to – probably in, towards the end of February, we'll do – I think we're going to do the, the ROH-CZW cage match um, <clears throat> kind of as like a tribute show for him. Okay. So we do have – our real uh, full topic for the evening. Um, and uh, who would like to talk us through what that's going to be? So this is um, this follow-up to last week where we talked about how um, some wrestlers from the past would operate in the modern era. So we're going to reverse that this week, and we're going to take some modern wrestlers and talk about how we think they would do in the the bygone eras of like the 70s and the 80s, possibly even like into the 90s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, we're going to go in order. We've each got uh, a couple of, of modern picks that we're going to discuss. And, hey, you know, uh, Matt, would you like to lead us off? Uh, we're doing the, uh, the classics first or modern? No, no, we're we're doing our modern singles guys that we think. Would oh, work sorry, I, I got confused. Sorry, yeah, it's okay. It's, a, it's yeah. folks, um, you gotta forgive us. We've been we've been cranking out a lot of content to uh, build a barrier, so we're a little razzled and mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Uh, I I'll give my first. Uh, I think we're doing two each. Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy that I think would be obvious. Mm-hmm. I might, well, I say obvious. Like he, we have a discussion here, but we might not really think that you know he would be as as a for sure thing uh, as you might think. But the the first guy I would say, like, what would he be like if you transplanted him uh, back into the olden days, the classic days? Yeah. Uh, uh, and there, it could be two different answers to be like, what? How would he be in the eighties? how to be in the nineties because like the, there is to me, like there's such a difference between eighties wrestling and nineties wrestling. Um, but that'd be Wardlow. Okay. Uh, AEW's Wardlow. Uh, because obviously in AEW he's presented or has been presented. Um, well, in the sense that he's presented as just like this just big brutish guy where he just can beat the shit out of people. Uh, and really the only person that has kind of like, been on his level in terms of like giving it and taking it has been Smojo. Um, and I'm not sure what, I'm not really sure where they're going with Wardlow. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, they kind of, we last, him last, up. they did. Uh, he had a lot, he was arguably like the most over guy in the company. Uh, yeah. I, back right before, uh, was it double or nothing? When, uh, when he beat, 
MJF, but then there was all this like behind the scenes drama where it's like, oh, is MJF gonna leave? Well, I think yeah, he like, was. Is he even gonna show for the match? I think he was fine until they gave him the TNT title and kind of forgot he existed for two months. Well, yeah. I also suspect that because he got didn't he get the TNT TNT title at All Out? Is that right? No, he got it in the summer sometime. He got it. He got it on like TV. He might have gotten yeah, the okay. Battle of the Belts. No, I think he got it before that, though, actually. He got it from, uh, didn't he get it from Scorpio Sky? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then he, he never saw Scorpio Sky again. Um, have we seen yeah. Scorpio Sky since? I need to look that up. I, not, not for months that I I know. have this, uh, and I can't, I can't tell you where it came from, but I've got this thought in the back of my head that he got hurt or something, and but I could very easily be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, thought he, his uh, tag team with Joe is kind of ill advised too. War Joe. Yeah. I, it's it's not a bad concept to put the two of them together because, but the thing is, like, if you have to go, you kind of have to even go old school like with that. You have to just be like, it, just two world beaters where it's like okay now they're going to demolish like the entire roster yeah but the because problem, that's that's the mm. problem i have with that is i feel like the way they built wardlow he should be lone wolf like just murdering people i agree uh i agree like when he broke off from mjf it should have that's what it should have been like he should have just you should have basically just done a goldberg with him yeah. yeah that you should have just like had him just be beating everyone or at least a lot of people, up to the point where he's slowly beating more and more established people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine that like, you can have him out there beating like, you know, guys that would ordinarily be in dark or guys that would be considered more like uh, undercard guys, mm-hmm. uh, and then then obviously build up to him like facing more and more mid card guys, and then it's like you don't have any other choice but you need to have him go for the title, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be tricky because it's like depending upon who has the title and what you're going to do with the title because the the AEW title has is arguably it's the most protected belt in AEW mm-hmm. uh then it's yeah. like what would you do with him uh would you have him put the title on it? i feel like he's over enough like maybe uh but they didn't go that road they they you're right like they 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 had him beat MJF and then they put the TNT title on him and then he was like just forgotten kind of uh well it, they they also did a weird like one month or two month feud between him and uh, Mark Sterling. Like Mark, Mark Sterling is oh god. Well, basically. I didn't hate that one because what that did is that gave them an opportunity to to find cartoonish ways to get Wardlow more of like Mark Sterling was representing the the AEW security guards. It was like mm-hmm. what twenty of them. And it's like, so if you want me to drop the suit, you have to beat all 20 of them in a row. And so you've had this segment or two on Dynamite where they roll in the ring and then Wardlow's just like, hey, powerbomb, hey, powerbomb, hey, powerbomb. Hey, guess what? I stack these guys on top of each other. I pin them. There's three of them out of the way. Here comes more of them. Powerbomb, powerbomb, you know. And it was, I thought it was a fun way to, um, you know, kind of, keep his his uh keep his aura going a little bit because hmm. he's obviously having fun doing it. he's got a big grin on his face he's like i'm power bombing the hell out of everybody i just and after that sterling I just takes me out of everything over. he's involved with I, I like the gimmick myself but it's it's okay but the problem is that there so are other guys infinitely yeah an upgrade in every imaginable respect to sterling that that's the problem like there are guys in aew that are just better like stokely hathaway is much much better in every and I say that, every regard and he can actually like yeah. take bumps and work and i say that as a guy who's not particularly enthusiastic about ethan page and some of the other guys uh with stokely's group no, but the uh, Stokely think, group yeah. is good because it's taking some of those wayward guys that need something to do and kind of giving them like a core mission. Yeah, I can see that. I do like. I I'm, I'm sorry, like I I'm not apologetic in this. I do like Big Bill. <laughs> yeah, I think that that guy, for a guy that 
once was really over, but he was, you know, he got, he was over with it being part of like a comedy, kind of a comedy gimmick with yeah. Enzo. And then hit the lowest point of his life because, I mean, he was an alcoholic. He got fired from the WWE and then turned it around, like got himself in really good shape. Uh, and I guess he's quit the drinking or cut down on that and proved himself back in impact. And then now he's with AEW. And I do think that you actually probably could do some stuff with him. Uh, but, but anyway, like they're better guys than smart Mark Sterling. But well, I do they, think that they they've been mm-hmm. smart with with um, Big Bill, though, because unlike WWE, like remember when they did that god awful like him and Brian Danielson match that went on forever? Uh, mm-hmm. They they throw him out there in tags and he sees like two minutes of ring time and then he just beats yeah. people yeah. up like that's the best use of him. Mm-hmm. And he's not using an elbow drop as a finish now. You know, it's like, hey, you're a tall dude. You're doing a choke slam. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just to say, because Stokely Hathaway has taken a bunch of guys and given them something to do. Mark Sterling acting as the lower card heel manager who kind of bounces around and mouth mouthpieces for people. I am totally cool with that yeah Stokely, I, I understand you like stokely more and that's great but I, I think that mark sterling's in a great spot to help a lot of people out mark sterling should be the freak show manager <laughs> he should have like your abaddons and like people like that mm. now okay i'm gonna ask you guys a tough question here and uh, All right. i have an opinion so who would you take um big bill or jake hagar and I know who, what my answer would be. It would be Big Bill in his current incarnation. Ah, that's that. I actually think that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Because I think that Jake is a better worker than people give him credit for. I think he's more versatile. But he's boring. But, but he's kind of, he's oddly, he is people, he's gotten over a little bit. And it has more of a personality because he's just he, the 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 gimmick that he found is like he has a purple hat and he's like oh I like this hat and then like he just is always wearing a hat everywhere that people and make somehow, fun of him for somehow that has become over in in, in a completely I am sure ironic fashion but yeah yeah uh, I would pr- I think he's fine I think he's good as like a bodyguard he he's actually in the perfect role where it's like mm-hmm. he's just always been like Jericho's bodyguard or right yeah man. he was like the shock debut on the first dynamite wasn't he yeah he's he's yeah. back in the day yeah. yeah yeah he was right there at the beginning with jericho so um, see but i would I, but big cat so here's why i like big cast a little better as is um a bodyguard mm-hmm. he's more visually impressive um mm-hmm. i mean that's a, a fair point he has better he he's better at throwing little guys like um like um, Jungle Boy around. And I think he has mm-hmm. a little more charisma and a little more flair to him standing around than Hagar does. I mean, if you really want to boil it down, it's like who tomorrow or down the road, like in the road, I mean, like a few weeks from now, if you built if you built guys up like who would be the better option to put a world title on, Hagar. would it be Jake Hagar, mm-hmm. or would it be Big Bill? Yeah, see, I wouldn't put the world title on either of them. I'm talking. I'm. I'm more. For me, it's well, more in, of, in it, their utility role currently. Who would I rather have? I, I, well, I agree. Like they, they should, they should be in the utility role. But I would say if you're gonna do something like that, it, it doesn't really work. You know, with AEW, because of like the style, like. the everything going on but i do think that you you probably would i would personally put on big bill just because it's he seems more believable but i wouldn't do any sort of lengthy <laughs> way with him obviously but uh, we, we kind of strayed from like well shad you have to you have to answer the question Who, what's your vote my concern is that with both of them um, I don't like. I don't think they have enough of an it factor to be a consistent, like, get a push kind of guy. Like they're gonna they're gonna be utility player, and the utility player is gonna be 
probably be the muscle for someone. Okay, fair enough. Who is going to come out worse for being the muscle but not necessarily like winning out of it? And I think, oddly, that would hurt Big Bill more than it would hurt Jake Hager. Like, Hager, big dude, throws hands, all that kind of stuff. But if he loses, it's like, uh, you know. Okay, yeah, he's someone to be worried about, but he doesn't close it out real well. But if you do that with, with Big Bill, your, your seven-foot-tall guy on the card, it's going to be like, you're not a very good giant, is he? And that's where I'm coming from. I'd end up taking Hager myself for, for that reason. I, I don't know how much that makes sense, but... Yeah, so I think Wardlow anyway. would be fine in the previous era just based on his body, and he's not like a total embarrassment in the ring. He would have been more than adequate. In, um... He, if people have noted that he can, they've made a weird uh, Jeff Hardy comparison, but it's like, yeah, the dude can, Wardlow can do like swantons off the top rope. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that he would be fine. I think that if you were to take him, and put him in the eighties. Oh, Vince like would have. Vince would have like. You. It would have been like, if you would have. The first time Vince saw him would have been like, the first time he commentated a Hogan match when he was a heel, and you could just hear Vince getting like a stiffy. <laughs> it would be it, Vince in the eighties getting Wardlow signed would be like that Vince Stacy Keebler gif with the desk in the ring. You know, you have Wardlow come out and flex and and all that sort of stuff, and then he does the Powerbomb Symphony, and Vince's eyes cross and the chair falls back. That's well, it's, it's also why Hogan stood out like in the early '80s because he was a big dude that could work, and that's how he yeah. got like so and, over. The people don't understand. It's like, no, Hogan could legit work, and that's why he was like over. Like, so Wardlow would have been, I think, a big deal in Georgia. Like, could you imagine, like, I don't know, someone bringing him in to like wrestle Dusty Rhodes or something? is like the muscle, like I think Memphis, he would have had a run. Vince would have obviously been all over him. Um, mm-hmm. Watts would have loved him. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Wardlow, he's doing fine right now. Don't mishear me. But I think that era would probably have actually fit him even better because the guy is capable, he's athletic, but he wouldn't have to do swantons or whatever he could do less like quote unquote stuff mm-hmm. and and wrestle a style that's just a little bit more I don't want to say uh, basic of the time yeah he could wrestle yeah. a style a little more of the time and then he still like power bombs people for a finish and I I think that it would be gangbusters. I and, think he would do better then than he would be than he does now. And he has some underrated qualities. Like he has really good like body emoting and like he's very yes. expressive and he has like good like charisma that isn't necessarily speaking. Mm-hmm. Like a good example of his like body charisma is when um they did the whipping segment and he just mm-hmm. smirks and like laughs at MJF off. You know, when he was being the Chad Wardlow, like that's yeah, stuff yeah. that would go over like really big in the, the 80s, I think. How big was the reaction? That's the shit, shit you can't teach people too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, how big was the, when in the dog collar match, MJF calls for Wardlow and Wardlow comes down to the ring and he's not even expressing real big. He's being pretty restrained. But his movements and stuff are big enough that it's like, oh, no, I can't find it. Sorry about that. And the crowd is eating it up. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. he reaches into his pocket. He reaches into his pocket and he holds the ring up and which, then he puts it down is, and the crowd goes ballistic. Which, again, is something I don't think they had to tell him in the way he like he held it up, like really sold it. And it, like they're th- like that's something you can't teach someone. Yeah. Like you can get he, someone to go has, through the motions of that, but you can't get them to do it in such a way that works so well. So, Matt, I think you have stumbled across someone who would be and he's successful now. Don't mishear me. I'm not bagging on him, but I think 
you found a guy that would be even more successful in that era. Yeah, I, current this, toolbox. Uh, of my picks, like this, I felt was like the, I almost like the the air quote easy one, because I do think he he would actually translate well back into that time. Like he, in the eighties, like eighties WWF Vince, like I think he would have done like exceptional. He would have been. Mm-hmm. Like a big deal. If you had put him in the '90s, I think he could also work. He would work. He could work in like WWE, WWF '90s. Um, I could even see him. He could probably even have done well in, a, in like a Japanese company. Oh, he would have been like, good uh, in the NWO too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have. Yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. If you were to have him in there, like like a go-to trigger man like they could have done with scott norton but didn't but you know just kind of like oh this guy's a problem hey wardlow why don't you go take care of that problem and then you know wardlow goes and takes care of a problem well and and think of the 90s too like if Heyman had gotten hold of him and like i mean he Mm -hmm. got 911 over he sucked just doing choke slams. Like Wardlow could actually wrestle. Like having him power bomb people in like a similar way. Mm-hmm. Like Heyman would have gotten him a job in a big company, and he could have backed it up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it'd be great. Absolutely. You could have feuded him with like Sid at points and done like power bomb matches. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean. Heyman's just so good at playing people to their strengths that, yeah, it, it would have been huge. Yeah. So, you're absolutely right. All right, who's up next? Um, I guess I will go. We're keeping it pretty to well-known names this time, but I'm going to actually um, propose the the goat uh, Kenny Omega for the olden era. So my justifications why I think he'd be fine is I think he'd have to change some things personality wise. But I mean, that that that's across the board. I think everyone I don't think a lot of guys can can move eras seamlessly. But I think um, he would get over on his body alone. He's hyper athletic um, where I think he'd really excel in the 80s is and we've talked about that before, how simple his offense is and how good he is at incorporating. Like we talked about how he does have a match, but his match is so varied and so good at incorporating what his opponent does into all of that, that I think he would have been more than fine in the 80s, 70s or 90s. And I don't think he has the problem some other guys have had would have of being too small. For a different era. I agree with you on the being too small. And I agree with you that he is smart enough about working to incorporate other people. Here, My problem is seeing his current style and that sort of stuff. I'm 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 stuck on it. So there would be a there'd be a lot of pushback from from veterans and promoters and stuff about you know doing too much and that sort of thing. Now remember though, and so I wonder. Remember though when we talked about what New Japan Kenny Omega looks like, and that's more like the Kenny Omega that wrestled Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is very simplified. I'm just saying, it, there is a difference. Okay. For those who are not as familiar with Kenny, with Japanese Kenny Omega, uh, and I'm not, I don't profess to be like an expert, it's that you do have to watch that uh, that Omega Danielson match from you know like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and also if you have a chance to see the most the recent uh, Kenny Omega Will Osprey match from Wrestle Kingdom, it's like that's that's Japanese Kenny Omega. It's like he there's it's all gas. There's no breaks. Right. And it is doing insane things that he does effortlessly. It, it's it's taking him as good as he is on, on regular AEW and adding like a whole big octane full of gas. And it's that's that's him. I I don't know, Brad. I struggle because it's like he's so good. He you, you could sit down and argue and quibble about who is the best of this generation there are some people who I feel inaccurately would would 
say that as Osprey. Like, no, not at no. all. And uh, anyone you uh, can say, which I think, I think, I think the strong arguments to counter Omega for best of this generation is Brian Danielson, Smojo, um, Okada, Tanahashi, Okada, yeah. um, and then, you know, AJ Styles. But, but my argument, my argument for why I say Kenny Omega is the goat is he did all of that with Vertigo all of his like best stuff he did with vertigo and and my cousin yeah. is like a physical therapist and he said like he does not understand how he did that he says he works with people with vertigo and half of them are not functional like physically yeah, I, there's a guy on uh like a discord that i'm part of that talks about wrestling and he's like okay. i had vertigo like i couldn't even walk yeah. like I, I mean he could you could walk but not like not any sort of sufficiently uh, and he's like, yeah, I had vertigo for a time and I couldn't even like walk. And this guy is doing all sorts of crazy shit. I, I always go back to like the Rich Swan match. Yes, I was about to Impact. bring that up. Impact in uh, 2022. It was 2022, right? No, it was uh, um, he... 20... 21. 20, maybe. 21. Yeah, 21. Uh, yeah, maybe 21. But that's like the, he was the, the earliest AEW it could have been. He champ but... at the time, I think. Yeah, but he... Uh, he he pulled a good match at a rich swan when rich swan was so gassed Wait. like the guy was so exhausted that he was practically passed out yeah like he he, he he gassed out at 10 minutes like so bad he could barely move and kenny literally willed him through another 10 minutes of wrestling yeah and it was good uh i'm not saying it's like the best match you've ever seen it's like a five-star classic but it was good it was good and no, you would afterwards yeah. you'd be like it was good well, I mean, uh, and, and, and I think I don't know from from Shad's standpoint as a worker, like I don't know if he's like what I mean, what do you say to someone just willing someone that blown up through a match and it's still staying good? Is that like does that say I mean, a lot? that's it's impressive. Uh, the, I, the term I use is drag them kicking and screaming to a good match. And um, people that are, are just blown way, way the hell up. Um, it's, um, there are, there are some people who are, are good enough that they're like, yeah, 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 I can work around that. And, um, it's, it is really impressive because you've got to be smart enough and cagey enough and, and be able to, to make that happen. And that's great. I, I admit I have a hard time getting past um just omega's current style in that time frame being like dude there are going to be if he's working that style then there are going to be some seriously pissed off people in the business at that point um and i i think that would affect his his work prospects but that's I admit that's me getting hung up on something. But I think I think the idea to this though is these guys would be adapting to their era, largely. I said I'm I said I'm stuck on it. Because uh, like if you if you admit, drug if you drug Ric Flair into the modern era, like Ric Flair would be doing a lot more stuff than he did in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Like a, here's the thing. Like I have fully admitted that. Kenny Omega is good, mm-hmm. but I'm not a Kenny Omega guy. And it's stuff like this that I get stuck on. You know, it, it, it's I have a hard time conceptualizing it from the experience I have watching him. And so that's a me thing. Um, but I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe now I'm turning into that grizzled old vet who's like you're doing too much. Well, it, the the moose match was really good too. Um, mm-hmm. I should force you to watch that, Matt. Uh, Shad. <laughs> well, that one was about how he was injured and he couldn't get the one winged angel because his shoulders were messed up until he managed to pull it off and win. Okay. And then there's the Laredo Kid match, which is like by far the best thing Laredo Kid's ever been in. Um, the Christian matches were really good and really I think the Christian matches really show how he can incorporate what his opponent does into his style. But we've kind of yeah. talked about that. Like people 
the thing that people talk about Omega really isn't true because most of his offensive moves are very simplistic, but they they chain really well together and they're versatile and um, give him options from any spot in the ring in the match. He he is Kenny Kenny Omega's regular offense is very evergreen. It works on everybody, and I respect that quite a bit and he's very good at, at moving those pieces around and that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm still just not an Omega guy, even if I can say, you know, I recognize he is, he is an all time elite worker, but, um, my biggest problem with him is that it feels like that those evergreen moves he does, it feels like he does them too many times in a given match. He can he can do that uh, too much. Yeah, and I, that that frustrates me. Like I go back to the Danielson match though. I thought his execution of like the V trigger was really smart in that match. I'd have to go back and watch it again to to pick up what you're talking about there, but that was a very very good match. They were very opportunistic in the executions like and I think things like that where you know he caught Danielson with that little dragon suplex on the, the the ramp and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um okay what's the next one that that'd be me and oddly enough what you were just saying brad it feels like cheating but my pick current pick that i think would work great in in the previous era is going to be brian danielson because mm-hmm. the guy has proven himself to be so smart and so adaptable in his ring style consistently that he would he would just mold to whoever he's working with and different stuff all the time and if he's got somebody that just wants to chain wrestle a lot he'll chain with him if he's got someone who wants to throw hands he'll you know he'll throw hands if he's got someone who we're doing we're doing big moves and stuff he can he is a fantastic all-around guy like it 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 is it is prodigy level work and that's his his work is why i hold him for for current generation i hold him as the best but that's that's just my opinion so where i think he would struggle straight up is his size um i think he's gonna get stuck in that like brian pillman area I think he'd be really big in Japan. I think he could do lucha. I think, I think depending on the era and where he was working, I think Flair would take a real liking to him, and we would get some like crazy ass TV match where Flair just decided to go like 20 minutes with him. Yeah, he would have. There would be. It depends upon, I guess, what era, uh, either 80s or 90s, I guess. But he would have. Uh, it's funny to say this because I mean he's had classic matches now. He's arguably one of the best. He's in the contention for one of the best workers of the last like 20 years. But if he was in the 80s and 90s, he would have. I would. I would argue he'd probably have no less than at least like a dozen, like five star classic matches mm-hmm. with probably with the likes of guys like like Flair or Steamboat Arn. or some of the other people. Yeah. Oh yeah, Arn. Oh, God. Uh, we we did a whole show talking about some of his stuff, but like imagine like. Danielson back in the day, like working with like a guy even like Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. Like he'd probably get the absolute. Yeah. He'd probably get the absolute best. Oh man. Not even like Million Dollar Man DiBiase, but like the DiBiase back when he was in like Mid South. Yeah. With like the glove. Like, yeah. They probably have like a fantastic match. And, And he's smaller, but you could see like Danielson in like imagine him like in 90s Japan. Yeah. Or, or even, um, He'd probably get a run in Memphis and like face off with Lawler. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Lawler wasn't isn't that tall. Um, no. The 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 only answer I have for the height thing that you brought up is, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's a fair criticism. Then again, he got over in a WWE era where everybody else was bigger than him too. 
Yeah, but there there was there was his... a change and the roster was getting smaller at the time. But like I think I think I think he would be successful. He would just not have like just thinking that his sheer talent and ability would win him out on that. Because uh, Flair's not that big a dude either. Like, honest to God, uh, you know, I have stood next to Ric Flair. He he doesn't he doesn't cap six. He's feet. a bigger boy in his younger years, though. I mean, he he. Yeah, he did, is. Well, I mean, I mean, before the back injury, he was like power lifter sized. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really weird to see, but like you didn't really appreciate Flair's size until you saw him against someone that was by far like smaller than him, and then you're like, oh, Flair's actually kind of a big dude. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's that's that would be the answer I would hold out to that criticism. But I think I think the thing is though, in the in that era, you could be successful without working in a major promotion in the United States. Like Japan paid a lot. Um, oh, you know, they, you yeah, had they the, would. You had the territories. Like so, he would have had options, and I think he would have been successful financially. I just don't think he would have been like WrestleMania main eventing successful. Uh, not not in that era, no. No. Um, but I could see him as a like a Starcade main event. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's pass the ball back over to Matt for your your second modern pick. Uh, this one I feel is a little trickier. Um. I mean, if we're 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 arguing that that Brian Danielson, for example, would be fine, uh, we can go with a guy who I would say would be smaller in like the 80s or 90s, but still a very good worker. But I don't know if he would be like world champion level, uh, maybe like territory days, uh, mm-hmm. some of the territories. But that'd be Hangman Adam Page. Hangman Page. Uh, Hangman is a guy that's like I think it would really depend upon where he is like 80s uh wwf with vince no, no. i i think i think he no, would at, at best happen. you could maybe get him to like icy title level uh 90s wwf no. he'd probably fare a little better he'd be like, a little better he'd be like jeff jarrett level in the 90s mm, yeah uh in the NWA, oh, I think he'd actually fare pretty well. I don't know about world champion, but he, I, I could see, I could see him maybe getting to like U.S. title, which at that point, like in the '80s, like the U.S. title actually meant something. So it would be world he class. Would he would have good... been big. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, um, I think Japan. Memphis, I think he'd be. Oh yeah, Memphis. Um, mid south. Like I think, I think actually. I think actually he would have probably gotten over as like a blowjob in the South. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. As that. And then like, I think his cowboy shit would have been really great in Japan in like the eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the, the, the teaming of hangman page and Stan Hansen as a tag team in Japan? Yeah. The folks would have lost their minds. Because you would have had this this fantastic roughneck team of the two of them. Well, and you, you could have you could have Hangman be the one to like basically take the heat because he'd be the one probably yeah. taking all like the uh, the other teams like offense, mm-hmm. and then you know, he just make the hot tag to Hanson, who is just you know a big giant bull of a human being. I mean, Hanson would just go in there and. Hanson would probably love that tag team because he's like he'd have to work probably like maybe five minutes out of a match. <laughs> like Hangman <laughs> could take all the abuse. Hangman tags in Hanson. Hanson goes in there and just clo- uh, lariats the shit out of everyone, and then they go home. I think yeah. out of everyone we've talked about, he's actually probably the most stereotypical aesthetically '80s wrestler out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think um I think he'd fit in well there. Like you get him a tag partner. And you you know you can you can go someplace like give him like a, a Sam Houston or a, or like a Scott Casey and like a cowboy gimmick I think they'd have some I think they'd have some space to work with that uh, Florida sure. he'd probably be big like I think he would have I don't I think he would have I think he would have made the rounds pretty pretty well pretty successfully yeah oh could I mean Cowboy Bill Watts could you see Watts doing the an angle of taking Hangman under his wing, and then you have the the heir apparent to Cowboy Watts and 
how big that could take off eventually. Well, where I'm thinking, where I'm thinking he would have been big in mid South is like when, when they made that big philosophical change in like the rock and rolls and like the midnights came over. Uh, like I could see Adam Page yeah. like coming over with that deal too. And, and mm-hmm. being like another young pretty boy for them to like work with. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying that that's another possibility that, uh, I think would would yeah. carry a lot of water. So I do think that as I've, we've seen recently, and by recently I mean like right now, contemporaneously, yeah. uh, the last few weeks, like his little feud with uh, with Moxley mm-hmm. does show like Hangman can get, he can actually convey like the whole like violent, yeah, uh, out of control, like that aspect of it. <laughs> he actually can do it actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he could he could maybe like fit in with that. I do think. Again, I don't know. I think it would entirely depend upon where he was, what 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 era he was in, and what company he was in, as to how high his ceiling would be. Oh, I know what he could like, do in ECW. Mm-hmm. Full blooded Italians for him in ECW. <laughs> <laughs> um, he could do better than full blooded Italians, but I do understand what you're going with. Uh, it would have been interesting to see someone like him in like. NWA, NWO era, um, WCW. Like, yeah. would he, would he get over? Like, DDP got over. Mm-hmm. Would he just be like another like body? Another, I think, um, I think he would be more body in NWO. I think he'd be more in that like Chris Jericho like undercard hell where you're probably over, but they're not. Hmm. They're not using but you. The well. NWO. NWO clogging the top of the card. It was really hard to get upward mobility there, but I could see him in like the uh, the U.S. title range. I could see bit. him and Eddie having like a program when Eddie's um Eddie's heel. Mm-hmm. You probably throw yeah, him in I the flock that. too. I don't think I'd do that. I could see him fighting the flock, but I don't think I'd see him in it. Dye his hair black. Well, I mean, but think about um, think about when he was like the evil hangman in um, in Ring of Honor. I'm not I'm not terribly versed in that, so I'll I'll withdraw my statement. I think he'd be fine. I think I think actually out of everyone we've picked so far, he would translate the best. Surprisingly, mm. like I said, aesthetically he is like the most eighties in... out of everyone. Okay, I, I have a pick coming up. I might argue with you about, but we'll wait till we get there. Because uh, Brad, I think it's your pick next. Yeah, so I did a cheat one. So Samoa Joe, who I think would be more than fine. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Um. I, what can I say? I'm a Joe Mark. Oh, I, I've been a Joe Mark for 20 years. What, what am I going to say? Yeah. He just, he looks like he's going to kill you. I think he would have gotten <laughs> runs in like Mid-South, World Class. I don't think WWE would have touched him, but like, I think he would have done fine in everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And he could have done the same thing Wardlow did is he could have done a lot of the same stuff he does. But he doesn't have to do as much of it, so it, it would have fit the time. Yeah. Um, I, you imagine he's having a match with Tom Zink, and Tom Zink goes to do the, you know, run into the corner and do that that twisting crossbody, and Joe just walks away from it, so the spot makes sense. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think he'd be great at it. I mean. He's using the he's using the, a sleeper variation as a finish. It's gonna fit, right? Yeah, I think so. I think the only thing yeah. that might work against him is like stereotypical booking and like making him a savage, which I don't think would work as well. I don't think he'd do it. That that'd be the thing. We're gonna have you do this, and I don't think he would do it, and so that would probably affect his booking. Yeah, but. Matt, what do you think? Joe, uh, he – I don't – 
I don't know if I'd call him. I, I don't know where I'd put him in the conversation for best of all time, but he is just so damn good and so believable. Mm-hmm. Even today, when he's like in his forties, uh, so believable is just like a stone cold killer. Like he, I feel, would just be like aces, uh, no matter when. Yeah, I, and it's just it really is like a bang your head against the wall. How the WWE didn't do more with him. And I get that when they, they signed him, that he had been in the business for years. So I don't know. Maybe they thought he was like washed. Maybe they thought you know, he was too injury prone. I don't know. But it, it's – you have a guy who like – he should have been like a world champion beyond just like impact. Like yeah. if AEW had been around 15 years earlier, like you – You'd be talking about like the amazing like run that that guy had, but mm-hmm. I do think if you put him in the '80s or the '90s, like he'd have been huge. Oh yeah, like, I, yeah. I'll, you know, I don't particularly care in retrospect for this company. <laughs> uh, I don't have rose-colored glasses about it like some people do, but if imagine like Joe with like an extended run in like '90s ECW. Mm-hmm. Like you'd Ooh. have you'd be talking about him in the same way that you talked about guys like Raven or Tommy oh, Heyman. Or Heyman would have killed to have like someone like him that could work like he could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, he would have transcended. He would have been like, and look, look, I think he has a lot of versatility as like a, a manager slash uh, color guy. But Taz mm-hmm. like Taz is still basically living <laughs> Off the stuff that he did in ECW, yeah, uh, like 25 years later, and way past like his in-ring stuff is done. And I think that Joe was like infinitely better than Taz was back in the day. So I, and that's just ECW. Like I think that he actually would be really, really interesting in ECW. That's why I brought it up. But I think that it, if you were to put him in like NWA or then WCW, would have been great still. Uh, he would have worked in Japan. Uh, WWF, I'm not as sure, just because, I don't know, Vince always had like specific types he would go for. Uh, He's a Samoan, huh? Get that bone. Oh, he'd God. have been like a hip-hop hippo or something in oh, 90s WWE. I do think that he would have, uh, I do think he would have had like a good, really good, like old school career though. Cornette probably would have killed to have someone like him in Smoky Mountain, too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, um, I, th- I actually like the ECW statement because he would have been such a big deal there that it would have been a great springboard for him. His contract is up, and then one of the big places comes calling because they it's not just we want – you know, we want this guy. We want this guy for for what we've seen him do. Yes, the WCW Hardcore Division started out just as a incredibly tame version of, um, uh, you know, the ECW stuff. But in a lot of ways, they kept a lot of those guys basically in kind of the same gimmick when they brought them over. Like they didn't yeah. change Raven. Hardcore Hack was a a name you could have picked, I guess, but it's not like they made cha- they made Sandman change much about him. No, you know. Ooh, could so you, could you imagine, um, like Joe versus Bam Bam Bigelow in ECW? Oh my God, that would have been amazing. Every day is a banger on that one. Wow. I mean, because the, the, the Bam Bam, like, Taz stuff was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It, look, I haven't – I've seen clips, uh, and I don't know if the match is really good or not, but I've seen clips recently, uh, I don't know, for, probably from, like, a, a WWF Superstars, like, you know, one of those shows that they would air at, like, 10 o'clock on a Saturday or a Sunday. It was a match. It was Bam Bam Bigelow versus Mantar. And the match, at least from the clips, looks like it was a, a, a goddamn Haas fight that looked good. And yeah. it's like, I, I wasn't, I'm like, look, look, it's Joe and Bigelow, like they would have had an absolutely like 
banner match. Like mm-hmm. it would have just been two big, <laughs> like the Big E one, two big meaty men left meat. It's like yeah, it would just been two dudes. Just and that's what I love sometimes. Like you just two bull, like bulls of men just going at each other, like just yeah. pounding the shit out of each other. Like it would have been amazing. Oh, good news. Um, Bam Bam vs. Mantar is on YouTube. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to have to watch that after the show. It's like seven yeah. minutes, so we'll see how that goes. All right. So I guess that comes to my last pick for this one, doesn't it? Yep. Um, here's why I say that, that this guy may have been the best tra- – well, whenever I say who it is, you understand why I'd say this would be in the argument for the best transition – and that's because the guy I'm going to pick, um, God, he's just such a workhorse. He has his own style, but I think it would translate suit. Like, if you picked him up today and dropped him there, I think by and large he'd be in pretty good shape. <clears throat> and I'm going to irritate Matt for just a second because I'm going to pick John <laughs> Moxley. So I can't do the whole thing because my throat is really sore. But so I think the only thing <laughs> that would hold him back in that era is his love of bleeding, and um, <laughs> would limit some of his options on the high end, like the AWA or WWF, and especially like Turner WCW was very anti-blood. But I mean, I think I think Texas would have been huge, Memphis would have been like a mainstay like continental mid-south like all those southern companies would have loved him um you know where i think he would have been massively huge and would have been his preferred promotion is like fmw Ooh, maybe so and um like i think i think you know he would have really found a home though working with like terry funk like mick foley Mm. in the u.s yeah um, can you yeah? Can you imagine having <clears throat> Moxley Foley Funk matches in different combinations and stuff? Yeah, just it would have been wild. Depending on timing, I think where he would have really found his niche and like gotten really over in the olden times is the Attitude Era, like mm-hmm. at the height of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it, it's. The when when I'm thinking about where we're transposing these modern guys back to, um, I'm thinking mid to late '80s is is kind of what I'm imagining on it. So, you know, early Starcades, like the that first Starcade, every match had someone bleeding, like everybody. Yeah, that's that's pre Turner, so he would have been fine there. Yeah. Oh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico would have loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes. It just hopefully he doesn't get hepatitis with some of the the names at that time. But um, oh god, John Moxley versus Abdullah. Yeah. Can you be. imagine what kind of bonkers fight that would be? They might have wrestled at some point when you think about it. But in any event, you know there was there was a stretch of time where you could get blood on Turner and not a lot. And I think. The thing that happens now is that, you know, he's kind of got a blank check for for doing that because he's been such an MVP for AEW that TK's just like, yeah, all right, man. And or he just ends up doing stuff that busts him open. One of the two. I'm not sure which sometimes. But, you know, he, he can also not do that. We've seen plenty of evidence that he can work great stuff without doing that too so but i think mm-hmm. i think what my point is though he likes doing the bloody stuff like that he his, does that's his passion in wrestling kind of oh, his yeah. passion in wrestling is just is having fun wrestling and that's which is part of what makes everywhere. it so much fun <laughs> i i don't i don't know if you've noticed this but there was a couple uh shows that recently they noted that who the producers were for uh-huh. the shows and there was some match, and it was actually like, I guess, a higher profile match, but he was like the producer for that. Oh, uh, yeah? For that match. And it's like, obviously, he still has time left in his career in ring, mm-hmm. but it does make me wonder if, like, that's kind of where he's going to transition into. He's going to be like a behind the scenes guy, like, 
doing producing stuff, maybe being an agent, Get a laying stuff school. out. I, I don't know, but he seems like he genuinely, and besides being a fantastic worker, I mean, he he's basically my worker of 2022. And I think that yeah. he is right now. He's like one of the absolute best in the world. And I'm not even, that's not even being facetious. Like he absolutely is. Yeah. I do think that he, he has a lot of years left and great years probably. But yeah, like if you were to transplant him, like he would have, he would have been, I almost feel he would have been even bigger just because like the stuff he would have been doing would have been crazy. And he, and it would have stood out in the era. And he had more free reign on promos to be like him. And I think his character would have, would have resonated more in that era. Mm hmm. John Moxley in a Tennessee chain match is just yeah that is something to imagine. I still laugh sometimes like thinking about what that argument he and Vince had over um wanting to use thumbtacks in the cage match with Jericho. I remember that it happened but I don't remember what it was. He was in his office wanting to do it and Vince was like no. And I just have this like thing and Vince kept saying no and he's finally like well Jericho's cool with it. And so Vince let him do it, and Jericho's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He said, what? (laughs) All right. Well, that's that's round of picks for us. The the contemporary guys going back to the past, just for recap, Matt had Wardlow and Hangman Page. Brad had Kenny Omega and Samoa Joe, and I had Brian Danielson and John Moxley. So, um... I think that'll about cap us on this one. I do want to give, uh, I do want to say, you know, do you like our picks? Do you like our reasoning? That sort of stuff. We'd love to hear from you on social media. And so, um, with all of that being said, uh, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.